0: you know, when you say like, this is what I want you to pay me, this is what I'm going to deliver to you. And I'm telling it to you in like a very certain and confident way. 99% of the time your client or customer is going to be like, okay, like I believe you.
1: Namaste and welcome. I'm Vitina Blumenthal, and you're listening to the soul compass podcast the place for creative minds and soulpreneurs just like yourself to find your inner calm and deepen your self-discovery journey. You'll learn practical tips from experts and get inspired to enhance your mental and emotional well-being. Turn off your notifications, put your phone on airplane mode for this episode. It's time to focus and renew your commitment to yourself. This episode is brought to you by the Soul Compass Necklace. I co created the Soul Compass symbol in 2015 as a symbol of life's greatest journey the inward journey of self discovery, of course. In 2019, I partnered with a local Toronto jeweler, Blue Boho, to create this symbol into a necklace for those who are on a spiritual journey of enlightenment and discovery. I created this piece to wear as a reminder of the strength and courage it takes to continue staying course on this path, even through the beauty of life struggles. It's a reminder to stop looking outside of yourself and to slow down enough to hear the whispers of your soul to point you in the right direction. While I would like to continue to keep this show ad-free, the profits from this necklace, a gift for yourself or maybe someone you know who's on a personal journey, helps fuel this show. You can head to soulcompass.life and click on shop to purchase or to learn more. Hello and welcome to another Soul Compass episode. So excited to have you here today with us. And today's topic, we're focusing on the idea of charging what you're worth. But before we get started, let's tune in for a mindful moment. If you are seated at your desk, just uncrossing your legs and planting the soles of the feet onto the earth. If you are seated in your car, maybe just straightening the spine a little bit taller, sitting up in your seat. And if you're walking, maybe just taking this opportunity to slow down your pace for a moment. If it's safe to do so, maybe you're closing your eyes, placing your palms on your lap. If you're driving, keep your hands on the wheel and just taking this moment to tune in to where you're at today. Where you're at mentally and emotionally and Inviting yourself to be the observer, trying not to judge or change where you're at in this moment, but simply just observing where you are right now. Tuning into where you're at energetically. Are you feeling really vibrant and alive? Are you feeling a little depleted? Are you feeling an excessive amount of energy, maybe leaning towards stress and anxiety? And again, just observing where you're at. Noticing if there's any sensations in your body. And maybe taking a deeper breath in towards that area, bringing your awareness and your attention into this space that's speaking to you right now. And together we'll take four grounding breaths, inhaling for the count of four, holding and exhaling for the count of four, and I'll guide you through four rounds of that. Inhale in through the nose for the count of four, three, two, one, pause. Exhale for four, three, two, one. Inhale for the count of four. Pausing at the top. Exhaling for four. Inhaling in through the nose for the count of four. Can you expand through the chest, through the belly? Pause and on the exhale, contracting through the belly, the chest. Doing that one more time, inhale to expand, breathing deep all the way to your belly, pause and exhale to let that go. Now that I have you present with me in this moment, Let's dive into this week's episode. Putting a price tag on your product or service can be a daunting task for any entrepreneur. You might ask yourself, how much is too much? Don't I have to be competitive? Am I really worth that much? These sorts of questions can get stuck in your mind when running your own business and it's really easy to undervalue yourself. But do not fret, today on the podcast, we have Senya Serwa here to tell you that you are worth it, my friend. Senya is a self-diagnosed, stubborn entrepreneur talking with us today about getting paid exactly what you're worth. She achieved freedom from working under a boss and took charge of her career heading up two successful companies— Ivy Skincare, a luxury skincare range without the luxury price tag, and Vosity, an online beauty boutique specializing in green beauty products. I'm sure you have come across negative press or unhappy customers in your career, and it's really hard not to take this personally. I'm sure you remember very well that one time you missed a deadline or that one time you misinterpreted a brief. But it seems to be hard to recall the hundred times you nailed it. And this can truly lead to problems valuing yourself and your work. A value that is communicated to the world in what you charge your clients or customers. So today we discuss self-worth as businesswomen, negotiation tactics, and Senya's four strategies to productivity as an entrepreneur. So I will not keep you waiting any longer. Let's dive into this week's episode. Senya, thank you so much for joining us on the Soul Compass podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Senya is an incredible entrepreneur and I just can't wait to dive into all your wisdom, all your expertise today. We're big on keeping it really real, keeping it really authentic on the podcast. And I'm just curious to know along your journey, what was your pivotal moment that made you say, heck yes, I'm diving into entrepreneurship? I think it was something that was like sort of always in me and I just
0: never really like knew, I guess, although I probably should have, I have like a very, you know, strong type A, like stubborn personality. And I, you know, have worked for people like my whole life, just always struggled with like the authority aspect of it. And I never understood why. And I think it was just because I always felt like I had all these ideas and all these, you know, things that I wanted to share and I was never in the position to do so. Um, Which I also think is like important to like go through that, as well because it had to teach me like some sort of patience and to be like a little bit more res- reserved and and i think that's kind of what like lit a fire under me to then be like okay but the reason i want to do this is because i so badly like want to be the person in charge and i also want to be the person who's giving others a platform to better share their ideas because i felt like i had always been in a work environment that didn't really let the person, like the small guy really share their thoughts. And I was like, I never want to do that. I just like, I'm so interested in everybody's ideas and I just want everybody to be able to like share them. So that's kind of really what sparked me on this, this path. And I've just never looked back.
1: I had kind of gone through the same experience myself and like being young and, you know, it's super vulnerable sharing your ideas and then maybe being criticized and it doesn't matter how old you are. Sometimes that can be intimidating. How would you say you dealt with going through that process?
0: I think for me, it was really just learning to like sort of separate myself as a person from like my ideas and my work. And you know, even in the beginning of my like entrepreneur journey, I took things really personally. You know, if like you know I had a customer that was upset or someone put a, like a bad review and stuff, I would just take it so personal, and I'd be like, "Oh, like this really sucks." And then. I think it's just more the realization of a, I think it's like maturity and, you know, the progress of being an entrepreneur and learning so many things along the way. But I think that it's just learning not to take things so personally, like it, because it's very rarely personal. And I mean, I've had people who have, you know, gone out of their way to say like really nasty things about me as a person, but I've also had to just step back and be like, but that's not a reflection of me. I know who I am and I know what I contribute and what I bring. And I totally get it. Like for every, you know, nine customers that I have that are so wonderful, you get the one that says something that's so hurtful and you're like, oh, like it's hard to not let it get to you, especially when you care about somebody so deeply. But I've really just had to learn to be like the worst that somebody can say is no. And I mean, okay, then what? Then you just go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like there's, that's not the end of the world. And just to not take things so personal because really they're not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of that person. And, you know, and also like people are entitled to have bad days and opinions and, you know, just like, just like we are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I got chills as you said that, because that's a huge lesson for me on this journey as well. And I think... One moment for me, especially when I started Wonderful Soul, so the the core of Soul Compass, it was a few years ago. I had an investor um, looking to start maybe opening some wellness Uh, locations. And I remember being so caught up, like I felt like I was giving a piece of my soul to him or something. (laughs) And he said to me, Bettina, I'm taking a piece of wonderful soul, not of Bettina Blumenthal. And like light bulbs just went off. I'm like, I have like an umbilical cord attached to my business. And similar to your experience, it's like any bad review, any criticism of like my baby, it felt like it was a personal attack. I think
0: it's because, and I don't know if this is going to sound like harsh or not. I think that it's human beings are like innately like narcissistic. You know what I mean? Like, I think that we think that everything is about us, you know, it's like, you know, this person looked at me like, this is about me. This is like, it's like, it's not about you. It's not, you know what I mean? And it's sometimes you have to think about it that way. It's like, this isn't actually about me and like, not everything is about me and that's okay.
1: <laughs> and that's actually a huge realization because everyone's walking around thinking, like, oh my gosh, what is everyone else thinking of me? That they're not even really thinking about you. Nobody's thinking of you. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's, I
0: know it's so hard. I, I always like tell that to my friends when they're struggling with things. I'm like, you guys, I don't know how to tell you this, but nobody cares other than you. Like, I love you. But you're the only one who cares about this. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm like, yeah, no. And I'm I'm the same way to you, right? So.
1: For the viewers, though, today's episode was really focusing on Sanya's expertise on getting paid what you're worth. Sonia, I know that you had expressed that you've gone through your journey of you know, setting pricing for maybe your services and your products. Can you share with us your journey and maybe any tips that you have for people who are struggling with getting paid what they're worth? It's actually funny
0: because this has been such like a recent journey for me because you know, when I first started my businesses and I, I have a few, so I have like my products, and my companies, and I also do brand management for people and I'm kind of all over the place, but it's kind of given me a really good perspective on different ways of sort of approaching this topic. Because in one facet, I, I have sort of held to this I have to charge what I have to charge because, you know, I retail stuff that's wholesaled and whatever. But I also did find myself in the beginning of that journey, you know, lowering my prices because I wanted, you know, people to buy for me and be competitive and having to realize that that's actually not competitive. I was really just cheapening myself and like my, my work. And also I think at the end of the day, people forget that, you know, we all do things that we love because we love them. But we also have to pay bills. I like making money. I like being able to buy groceries. Like, that is why I work. Yes, I love what I do and I'm passionate about it. And there are times where I can compromise and do something just because I love it. But, like, I also have to put food on the table for my kids. That's just how it is to be competitive to really show that, you know, we are at the same level as these other big companies that are competitors. Like we have to charge what they're charging and, you know, and sometimes more because guess what? Like we're the little guy and it costs us more to bring something in. And it really actually took me sitting down, looking at my numbers with my accountant to be like, I'm not doing myself any favors here like, who am I doing this for? Like I'm I'm giving my customer $2 off. Well, that $2 times a thousand people, that's a big hit for me. So the customer is going to be fine. And what I really need to focus on building is the relationship and the customer service, rather than just focusing on, you know, giving them a discount. That's not what's going to keep them coming back at the end of the day. And I've realized that now because I have customers who are willing to pay more for a product Because they like me and they like the customer service that we provide. And, you know, we give something different to them than maybe like a big box store. And then on the other hand, when I started doing brand management people and charging people for my services, I was charging like full, I was charging people $250 a month to run all their social media and marketing.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: And I thought that was like a good price. Cause I'm like, I like this and I'm really good at this. So like, why would I charge more? Because this is like relatively easy for me. And then my girlfriend who does the same thing, she was like, you need to start charging more because it's annoying when I charge triple what you do and you're really good at what you do. And then people, you know what I mean? Like people think that like I'm charging too much. And I was like, Oh Right. And she was like, how much time is it taking you? I was like, a lot of time. Like, I'm spending a lot of time on this, but like, you know, I love it. And then I was like, wait, if I broke it down by hour, I was getting less than like $5 an hour. And so I was like, oh, well, that's not a livable wage.
1: I think it's below minimum wage, at least in Ontario. It's I think it's $15 an hour at least. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I was so worried about
0: telling people like, I'm actually going to charge this. And it was quite a bit higher than what I was charging before. And what happened was literally nothing. My customer, like my clients were like, okay, probably because they just thought they were getting a steal of a deal anyway with like my low price. And I think it was just because I really had to sit down and think about what am I bringing to this client? because at the end of the day, like they searched me out. If someone is looking for your services, it's because they either A, don't want to do it themselves and B, they can't do it themselves. So they need you. And I mean, obviously like be reasonable, I think, but at the same time, when you think about it that way, when you're like, you searched me out and need me. So I need to charge what I feel is fair for me to do the job that I need to do. Because also at the end of the day for 250 bucks, I'm not gonna lie, it's not very motivating. Like I'm not very like passionate about putting in 40 hours of work for 250 bucks. Like that's just not enough. Like I, you have to be also driven by the fact that you're like, well, they're paying me an X amount of money to perform. So like I need to perform to meet that, how much I'm getting paid. And I think it just works both ways like that.
1: Absolutely. And I know Marie Forleo often uh, will share this, and I know she definitely presses this in her B-School program, but she always says, like, if you're going to offer, say, a $3,000 service or online course or whatever you're doing, it's like never lower your price. How do you add more value? And that's exactly what you're doing for the customer. Maybe you're adding in great customer service, or maybe you're adding in like bonus courses, or maybe you're adding in some bonus ebook training, whatever it is, but you're always adding value. And, you know, I think that you had mentioned this in your email to me, but you've met so many people that do so much more and they charge less, and then there's the people that charge so much and they don't even deliver. It's like, where's that healthy balance? And yeah and I think it's really just
0: taking that time to really reflect on yourself and you know sit down with yourself and be like what am I worth and you know and also if I was in their position like what would I be charging someone and what would I want to pay me because I sometimes feel like a lot of that has to do with you know being a woman and stuff and I think that we very often like devalue ourselves and feel like it's harder for us to speak up or ask for more because it's just something that's sort of been ingrained in us but it's just so funny because I maybe I've just been lucky, but for the most part, I've never had any pushback. It's just because I feel like when you're sure of yourself and your commitment to whatever project you're doing or job you're doing, you know, when you say, like, this is what I want you to pay me, this is what I'm going to deliver to you, and I'm telling it to you in like a very certain and confident way, 99% of the time, your client or customer is going to be like, okay, like, I believe you. You know, if you come to me and tell me, like, okay, like, I'm going to do this, and like, oh, is, is like this. Amount okay. Me as a business owner, I'm gonna be like, "Mm, no, I'm gonna lowball you. Like, you don't seem very sure of yourself, like, right? But if you come and tell me, like, this is it, this is the price, this is how it's gonna be, this is what I can provide you, then it's like up to me to decide. Like, okay, I'm either gonna hire you for this or I'm gonna like look somewhere else and make a decision that way. But there's room for everybody for whatever any of us are doing, and we all deserve to get paid. Like, what we're worth.
1: This really brought up an experience that I've recently gone through. You know, I have a client that I've had for over a decade. And obviously, a decade ago, I was charging a lot less than what I'm charging today. And so, any new client was always at this one specific rate. But that client, I had gradually tried to get them to that rate. And so, this year, still undercutting myself, I. It was like, okay, this is my price for the year. And they came back saying, well, this is all I can offer you. Like, this is the maximum amount. So, you know, even a no is still a playground for negotiation. And I think as a woman, we often forget that we can negotiate. It doesn't have to be a no. It's just understanding what your client's, Maybe concern is, maybe it's budget, maybe it's something else, but whatever that is, now you get an understanding and you can address their concern. So for me, maybe the concern was budget because it went up like maybe 20% compared to like 10% and the concern was addressed because I do things a lot faster now than I did years ago what used to take me 10 hours might take me like half the time and so keeping that in mind i think is is also really key
0: yeah and i think it's also i I saw it like on facebook or somewhere where it was like i'm not charging you for my hours i'm charging you for my experience because i'm giving you something that somebody else can't because i've been doing this for you know x amount of years or whatever right and i as a woman never really got taught about like money and I was never, you know, I never really got comfortable talking about money. And, you know, I was raised in a very traditional Eastern European house where it was just expected that, you know, when I get married one day, my husband would probably run the finances and, you know, whatever. And, but, and now I'm at a place where, you know, my husband does run, you know, our family finances because I'm so bad with money because nobody ever, you know, had these conversations with me. And now it's taking me as an adult who's almost in her thirties to sit down and be like, okay, how do I budget? How do I do these things? And that lack of experience and lack of knowledge, I think, really did affect me as an entrepreneur and doing the whole like, how much am I worth and whatever. And it really took me sitting down and understanding money and finances and all those things to be like, okay, like money is not hard to talk about. It's money. We all need it. We all use it. That's just how it is. And it's okay to ask for more and it's okay to negotiate. And this is just how it works. And there's so many layers to it. I think, especially for me, like as a female entrepreneur, that when I talk to my male counterparts, I feel like they've never or have seldom experienced the same things that I have in terms of like money and negotiating and, you know, charging, sorry what you're supposed to charge
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely and I really resonate with that my family also like you know they were immigrants like grandparents were immigrants to Canada my parents obviously had a lot of lack within their childhood and as they were growing up you know they did well for themselves and they never wanted me to experience what they experienced and you know in their care they just like kind of took care of everything you know i asked for something i received which taught me this mindset of abundance and figuring out how to get what i want but the struggle is like similar to your experience in our like as an example charging 250 dollars for 40 hours of work i can really resonate with that then you realize oh my goodness as a 30 year old adult Okay, I have my rent to pay for, I have this to pay for, and it just doesn't work. And I mean, something that was really helpful for me, there was an equation that someone helped me with, and it's like breaking down okay, how much ideally would you like to make that year? Say that was, you know, I think that's dependent on the person, but putting that down and, you know, you're only working five days a week, and how much vacation do you want? So you're gonna have to take those weeks off. When you decide that, I, I believe this is like again my horrible math, but <laughs> I need a piece of okay, paper. Math is, not my, math is not my strong
0: suit; hence, hence my issues with it. Yeah,
1: and then so then you would divide it by that number of days that you would technically be working per year, and then like if you're working a typical forty-hour work week, then the eight hours, and then you would divide by eight hours, and that helps you find what your hourly rate could be and you might want to buffer because you never know what the month is going to be and i don't know if you even have any recommendations on like payment plans or sh- payment structures that you have found the best in your business as a service and as maybe a product
0: i think what i've actually learned that i'm actually going to be changing for a lot of my clients is that invoicing on the first is a terrible idea and i've learned that because A, I know when I get an invoice from someone on the first, I like see it, I look at it and I'm like, great. I actually haven't done my budgeting for the month. So like I'm going to have to wait a second. Also it's the first, something is always happening on the first of the month. Like there's always something going down. That's like, you can't control. You know, a lot of people are also like, they're waiting to get paid from somebody else to be able to pay you. And it's this whole thing. And I've started um, invoicing people now on the 15th, the middle of the month, they have time, they know it's coming. They know that it's in the middle of the month. There's no excuse really for being like, Oh, what's the first and I got, you know, sidetracked and whatever. And when I invoice people, it's like an immediate thing. So it's like, I say like invoice, there is no like, because they know that it's coming. And I mean, that's the relationship that i built with my clients. And obviously for me, you know, the amount that I'm invoicing is not so high that I feel like I need to give them like 30, 60, 90 days. So, you know, that's also very dependent on like what industry you're in and how much you're invoicing. Like, I think if you're invoicing someone $10,000, like you might want to give them, you know, a second to like pay that. Right. But that's also like up to you. That's totally personal preference, but they kind of have this, like where they know that it's coming, the invoice is coming. They know that the work has been done for the previous month. They know that I've worked in the work for this month. And my, I have a system that's set up that it's like within like forty eight hours if I have not received payment it'll just keep reminding you it just is what it is and I've stopped having shame about that I'm like I'm that person I'm like I will double triple quadruple text you I'm sorry like you just have to get back to me right and I'm I within that I'm also really fair like if somebody messages me and they're like oh sorry like you know I'm out of town or you know my internet banking is not working or this this I'm like yeah of course like I'm not gonna like harass you I'm a human being too but you know I give fair warning. I give 48 hours. And then after that, you just get reminders (laughs) because it's like, you know, you've been paying me for the last year. Like, you know how it works. You just transfer the money and be done with it. And then you don't have to hear from me for the next 30 days. So I think maybe to some people, that might sound like really aggressive and cutthroat, but I've just learned that. I can't be a pushover. I can't be that person who's constantly being like, oh, it's it's okay. Like it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. Like you just like pay me like when you get a second. Because what happens then is that it's three months later and I'm behind on things that I need to pay for because I've been so lenient with so and so and they just like walk all over me. And then it's a lot harder to go from that to then being the person who says, like, no, this has to be done now, than just already starting off on that way, like just being like, sorry, like if you're working with me, this is the level that I will give to you of professionalism that I expect back.
1: Absolutely. And there's one thought that came to my mind and you had said, I'm bad at finances. I had to change my mindset about that too and telling myself that I'm just not good at it yet. That wiring in your mind too. And, you know, maybe like you are in that process of like becoming your own expert in it. It's that big mindset change for me as well because similar to you, it's like I'm just not good at it yet and I'm on the path because it's so important and especially as a woman. And I know there's a lot of women out there also right now that are helping women, especially female entrepreneurs, get smart with money. Because there is a generational change happening as well. And, you know, being from a European household, it's probably just an old school mindset and now things are changing. It's really cool to see how things are changing. And I, yeah, I really appreciate your wisdom and your experience on like just understanding that you're worth it. <laughs> you're worth it.
0: <laughs> I know. And it, it, does seem like so simple you know, to say that in this like simple concept of just being like, I'm worth it. And like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's this, I compare it to so much of like being like comfortable with your own body and whatever. I'm being like, I feel good. And like, I'm so confident, but like, you know, there, you always are going to have self doubts and you're always going to have those moments of like, Ooh, like, did I do a good enough job? And you know, am I really worth what I'm charging or wanting to charge and stuff like that? But I really think that, you know, You just have to sit down with yourself and really be honest with yourself and you're worth it. But think about like why you're worth it. Remember your why. Remind yourself of like what you are bringing to the table and why this person has sought you out for this specific thing. And just, it's like, it's always remembering your why and your reason for doing things. And I think that it's a lot easier than to be like, you know, like I am worth it because like, I care, I'm passionate, I, you know, I'm good at this, I care about this. And when you sit down and think of all those things then you're like, it's so much easier than to be like, okay, yeah, so then I deserve to be paid this.
1: Absolutely. Do you mind sharing your why? Yeah, so
0: my why is that, you know, I immigrated to Canada at five years old and I grew up in a household that, you know, we didn't have a lot of money and my parents never really, it was never like obvious I guess like I never have anything to compare it to we were all like immigrants just hanging out with a bunch of immigrants nobody really knew what anybody had but you know now that I have kids I have three small kids and I have a lot of, my therapist calls it immigrant guilt um, of wanting to provide my kids with things that I couldn't and not necessarily in like physical things, but like in experiences. Like I have a great relationship with my parents and they did a very good job and we did things that, you know, maybe we didn't cost money, but I felt as a child growing up, there were so many things that I wanted to do, like, you know, piano and dance and all these things that I really sort of missed out on because my parents just visit like just, they just couldn't afford it and i just thought to myself i have three daughters and i was like i just want to be able to give them experiences you know when they want them and deserve them like if my daughter wants to try soccer then i want her to be able to try it i just want them to Experience life, and you know it's like every I think kid who grows up with not a lot of money. Like I just don't want my kids to experience those hardships because it just like sucked for me as a kid. Like to be completely honest, and there's absolutely absolutely no shame in like not being able to you know give your kids something. And there's a lot of times when my kids ask for things that I'm like that's just not something that's reasonable and that like we can do for you. But I just have always wanted to have the freedom, I guess, that I never had as a child growing up and especially feeling so fortunate to live in a country like Canada and be able to have so much opportunity. I just want to be able to give that opportunity. And even outside of my kids, I want to be able to give that opportunity to other people. I'm, I'm a really big believer in giving back to the community and participating in the community. And I want to give that experience to as many people as I can. So, you know, my why is to be able to give, more than i get
1: you are serving my friend that is amazing thank you for being so honest and vulnerable i know like one of the best pieces of advice that i got actually was a guest on our first season joel solomon and he was all about like abundance and That's a big thing in like changing because similar to I'm sure my parents, it's like we can't afford that. And again, another mindset shift is like that's just not a priority right now. And understanding your priorities is so key and not feeling guilty if you can't afford something right now. It's again with that idea of just not yet. It's just not a priority right now. But it's true and like everyone's at a different financial place in their life and it's just understanding what your priorities are at that moment and you know for you it's like i'm sure it's your kids and your family and your business and it's going to be different and so understanding your priorities is such a key factor when budgeting and playing with money
0: yeah 100% even apart from that it's also just like being honest about the kind of person that like you are and like what you define things as like someone asked me the other day like what i define success as and i know that it's very different for everybody else like but for me like it's having financial freedom. Like that's just my definition of it. Like, I'm not ashamed to say like, for me, success is being able to look at something and be like, I want that. And I'm going to get that. And I don't have to think about, can I afford my groceries the next day? And that's just like my personal definition of it, whether that's, you know, stem from the way that I grew up or whatever, but, you know, and like, like, obviously that doesn't mean that like, I don't focus on like happiness and fulfillment and whatever, but that's just, you know, my, you know, basic definition of it. So, you know, I think that that is kind of that it's like, what are your priorities, right? Is that these are my priorities. And for me, they are rooted in financial, I guess, like, freedom so how does that work and how does that fit into what i do
1: yeah and you're not alone with that um, definition uh, i think there's a lot of people that that hope for financial freedom Sonia, thank you so much for joining us today this uh, i can just feel all your passion and you've been so authentic and so vulnerable thank you so much i know that the listeners are really really going to to really connect with you and I'm curious to know if there's anything that you've been working on that you think that our listeners would really dig.
0: Yeah. I thank you, by the way, for having me and giving the opportunity and stuff to chat and um, I guess even like promote myself too. I think that's, I'm a, thank you for being a woman who supports women. I really appreciate that. And I love your podcast. And I'm going to tell all my friends about it just because you're so lovely. But yeah, I so within my, I guess, like creativity and doing things myself, I created my own skincare line called Ivy Skincare. Launched my first product in May called the Infusion Serum. And I'm actually just expanding now to like more of a range. And I'm very excited for that. I think that. This is, you know, what I've been working towards in my like entrepreneurship journey, and I'm just very excited for what it's where it's going to take me. So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing right now: being creative, being innovative.
1: And for our listeners that really want to connect with you, where can they find you?
0: So they can find me on my Instagram. Hopefully, they like hearing me talk about all the things. Much to my um, husband's dismay, I tell every personal detail of my life. But it's San San Jobs. So it's S-A-N, S-A-N, and then J-O-B-S. You can find me on there sharing all the very personal details.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, Sonia. Thank you so much. That's a wrap for this week's episode. To stay connected between our episodes, you can head over to soulcompass.life And sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date on all things self-discovery. And please don't forget to hit subscribe in your podcast player right now so you never miss an episode. If this content inspired you even just a wee bit, please leave me a note telling me on iTunes. I read every one of your comments personally and your feedback really helps me grow the show and produce the type of content you find valuable. Thank you again for dedicating time to your self-discovery journey. Not only are you contributing to your own mental and emotional well-being, but you are contributing to a healthier, more harmonious world and raising the consciousness of our planet. You, my friend, are amazing and beautiful just the way you are. Thank you for being part of our journey and thank you for letting us become part of yours.